Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I discuss yet another fear in our F-Word series on the Horsewise Podcast. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Hi everyone, I'm Lynn Reardon, the host of the podcast and head coach at Horsewise. Today I'd like to continue along in our podcast F-Word series, F being fear, standing for fear. And uh, what I'd like to talk to you about is a pervasive fear that many people have. On the surface, it can be something almost superficial or even silly, but taken to a deeper level, it actually can be pretty negative and have some corrosive effects. And that is the fear of looking bad. So the fear of looking bad with our horses implies a couple of things. Uh, First of all, when you say, I'm afraid that I'm going to look bad, you are focusing your energy and attention on someone who is watching you. You're on an audience, so to speak, on spectators who are inevitably people, right? We, We don't go, oh, I'm afraid of looking bad in front of my dog, right? It's always about people. And, uh, and it's important to note that, that we wouldn't have that maybe fear or concern if we weren't looking outside of ourselves and our horses to really understand how well we are doing in terms of the goals of the ride. In other words, how we look or how we are perceived by outside individuals, individual people is more important possibly than what is actually going on. But just to dissect this fear a little bit, uh, first starting with the lighter hearted elements of that, uh, one part of that could be literally that you feel like you fear that you look bad. And that could be that you're worried that maybe your tack isn't expensive enough or fancy enough, or it's the wrong kind of tack. You're riding in a Western saddle at a dressage clinic, something along those lines. Although there's plenty of Western dressage out there by now, so that shouldn't actually be a really great example, but pretending that that's the example. Um, or even more spectacularly, you uh, show up at a, let's say, a cutting horse competition in a jumping saddle. That would be pretty spectacular, that your tack isn't quite right. Uh, maybe you're worried that it's not fancy enough. You went to a clinic with a famous clinician and everyone there has the exact same perfect, gorgeous, you know, $8,000 saddle with the perfect horsehair reins and the suitably gorgeous customized chaps and the whole bit. And you showed up, you know, in your normal kind of jeans and, and your normal saddle and you're feeling maybe like you don't quite look good enough for to fit the part. And on a, the next level above and beyond that would be too that you fear by looking bad that basically you're revealing how much you don't know. You look bad, you're afraid you're going to look bad because your gaps are going to be obvious to everyone so that people are basically seeing you in your underwear. Hey, that lady doesn't know how to do flying lead changes or that lady isn't sure how to execute the perfect sliding stop. And so you, you fear that judgment. And that's another element, obviously. The fear of looking bad means you are fearing other people's judgment. You're fearing that you will look, again, unskilled, uh, silly, out of place, 
nerdy. It's basically going back to high school and reliving some of that if you weren't the most popular kid in the high school and on an epic scale because you're sitting on a really large animal with lots of gear on, you know, saddles are not necessarily the smallest things in the world either. And you're sort of exposing yourself to everybody uh, metaphorically as to how well you ride and how well you are put together, what you essentially look like as a team, you and your horse together. I also know a lot of riders who didn't ride when they were kids. You know, maybe they came to horses at a later age in life when they were financially comfortable to, enough to have a horse to change their lifestyle the way that they wanted. Uh, and it just took them a long time to reach that dream of riding horses regularly or owning horses. And they feel like, well, everybody's going to look at me and know that uh, I've, I'm always going to be a late bloomer. I'm always going to be showing up too late. They're going to think I'm silly because I just came to this a few years ago and I'm, you know, insert your favorite age here. I'm 37, I'm 42, I'm 56, I'm 74, whatever it is. And you kind of fixate on your age and the fact that you're never going to look like you are the smooth insider that everyone else is. At least that's how you're seeing everyone else, by the way. And this is where I'd really like to point out a really giant myth, which is that when you fear that you're gonna look bad, what you need to really understand is that most people feel that way too. So if you are going around, let's say in a warm-up ring at a schooling show, and you're thinking, oh gosh, everybody's looking at me and you know, I'm looking bad and you know, my hair isn't in the perfect braid and uh, you know, my horse, I didn't, I didn't groom him just right or my saddle is not expensive enough, all the things. Realize that a lot of other people in the ring are probably feeling that way too. Um, my mom used to have this great saying, it was like, never judge your insides on other people's outsides. In other words, don't assume that the way that you feel inside is a reflection or is any different than what people, other people feel on the inside too, even if on the outside they show something very confident and very polished. You what we show on the exterior isn't always what reflects the interior. Now, ideally, I feel like the closer we can be to be balanced in that regard, where we don't feel like we have to you know, hide that we don't feel like we're the most perfectly turned out person, that that's a little more balanced and better. Or even yet, that you don't really care. You don't really care if someone is judging you on how expensive your boots are. I, I would say that where my sense of judgmentalism comes in is I'm probably going to judge the person who's judging you for not having expensive enough boots. So that can be kind of a fun thing <laughs> to look at it. You know, if you're feeling like, oh, I didn't I don't fit in, I don't look the same as everybody else, I'm not as sleek and my clothes aren't as expensive. I would say, hey, think of me judging them because I will be, I'll be totally judging those other people if they're judging you. But the odds are they probably aren't even judging you. They probably aren't even noticing you. They're probably worried that they don't look good enough or that their horse seems nervous or they're concerned about something that has nothing to do with you. And that is really, honestly, the truth most of the time. Very rarely are people as interested or as focused on us as we are. You know, we are so much more focused on what we're thinking of ourselves and how we think we look rather than other people who are just kind of going around trying to get their own job done with their horse. But going back to the core premise of what is behind the fear of looking bad, it's the fear of people who are watching you and judging you. That is really what the essence of that fear is. And I would say a really good way to redirect that is to think about what does your horse think of you in that moment? 
obviously your horse isn't really seeing you. He isn't, he isn't watching you avidly in the mirror as you ride by the mirror, if you're lucky enough to have an arena with mirrors. But your horse is seeing you metaphorically. He's certainly feeling you. He feels your body. He feels your hands, your legs, your seat, everything really about your body and everything internal to you that is reflected in a bazillion tiny ways in our bodies that the horses pick up on automatically. As prey animals, they're so attuned to that, these very, very small signals physically that represent the internal state of the creature or person that they're interacting with. So think about that instead, that you would really rather have a good feeling from your horse that you're doing well. How does your horse perceive you? What would your horse say about you in that moment? And it wouldn't be that she sucks and that her boots aren't expensive enough. That's definitely not how horses think. What horses really want is that sense of peace. They like clarity, a sense of peace, a sense of consistency, and knowing that they can trust you to kind of guide them into situations where they will feel calm and secure. Horses also, many horses really like to do a job together with their person. So they like that sense of partnership and unity. So think through that the next time you're feeling awkward about maybe not being perfectly, as I said, turned out for the event or the lesson or the group trail ride or whatever it is. Focusing on how your horse feels about you and about himself or herself when he's with you is so much more important than focusing on what other people think of you in terms of your looks or what you look like sitting on your horse in general. This really is a pretty minor fear, although it can seem all-consuming in the moment. If you can't let go of that fear, you really are saying that you can't let go of what people think of you versus what your horse really feels about your ride together. And that's kind of a, honestly, it's kind of a lame way to go about life, you know? So that would be, that would be what I would point out to you is really focus on your horse. Now I said that there's kind of also a darker side to this fear, this fear of looking bad. And that is where you really want people to be impressed with you, not just think well of you or not laugh at you, but they, you want to impress people. Uh, you want to be the one who is perfect, who's in charge, who's in command, who never shows that they're sweating, so to speak, or doing something a little bit uh, atypical that their horse might need. You're, you want to be respected, but you also want people to really, really admire you. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit more, um, well, I guess the word is narcissistic, but it also can lead to something where you want to be so much in control of the situation, in control of your image, that that is way, way, way outweighing anything that your horse needs in the moment. And maybe I see this a little more with people who are professionals, who are professional trainers or professional competitors, where it doesn't really matter what the horse needs in that moment. What is paramount is that other people be impressed with how the rider looks, literally, in the case of maybe photos or video, and metaphorically, too, that they perceive this person to be, you know, uber confident, uber professional, uber in charge of the situation. And again, go, going back more to how things look versus how things really are. Almost always this type of person, their horse will reflect this back in some way or another, the horses they ride regularly. You'll start to see a pattern where, again, the professional might be beautifully turned out, 
always elegant, always winning, always, always doing the right thing, so to speak, from the point of view of an audience. But the horses maybe are troubled in quiet ways. Usually it's quiet ways. The uh, professionals who really, really don't like to look bad rarely will ride, ride a horse that challenges them in a flamboyant way, a horse that's going to express frustration in a more flamboyant manner. So these individuals, their horses tend to be really shut down. Um, they might be very uh, seemingly quiet, seemingly calm, but they basically are shut down. As I said, horses may have ulcers. They may never quite relax fully into softness. They never quite maybe get the movement, that flamboyant extra beauty in the movement because there is something that is in a sense missing in the rider. Nothing mechanical is awry, but it's that essentially the goal of looking good outweighs what the horse needs in the moment. So those kind of riders, if they're riding a horse, let's say that is a little bit tight physically or mentally, they will not change their equitation in any way to adjust and maybe help that horse, encourage that horse to move a little differently or give that horse an extra, extra release for trying, trying one step in the right direction. They will always be kind of demanding perfection, what they perceive to be perfection from the horse. This will also translate if they are professionals to what they expect from their students. You'll see a lot of drilling. You'll see a lot of, I want this pattern perfect or this show result perfect, or you're going to work the cow just this way every time. And it can lead to, um, really unhappy horses, even though it's a very subtle thing. It's not like any anybody's out to truly uh, mishandle the horse, but simply by having such a strong priority on how you look over how the horse feels as a professional, I think you can really see much more serious consequences. And also as a role model, you model that not only to your young students, but to anyone else who is, let's say in the show pen with you, you know, fellow competitors, uh, audience members, uh, again, all of the different, different different types of audiences, you are a role model in that moment, and you're not really modeling something that is truly honoring the horse. Whether you're a professional or an amateur who has this uber focus on looking perfect, you will eventually find yourself going through numerous horses, it just is how it works out. And uh, horses that show any uh, anomaly, horses that maybe need a different approach of some kind, horses that who won't really take that kind of approach well, these horses are moved along always. Uh, they're seen as bad horses or they're not quite good enough for the program that the amateur or the professional is who, again, who has this type of hyper, hyper focus on looking good over benefiting the horse. So it's really actually pretty predictable. You can usually you can usually see who's falling into that category. Now, fortunately, I have not encountered a ton of these individuals, really only a few over the years. Uh, most of the professionals that I've met really want to do better for the horse. They want to improve their skills. They want their students to grow, and they tend to grow themselves as teachers and trainers over the years, which is really cool. But just keep an eye out. Usually, once you know what to look for, it's pretty easy to spot. And again, the vast majority of people who, who walk around or ride around with this fear of looking bad, it's mostly a superficial thing that if you can just lighten up and laugh a little bit about, 
you you can totally overcome that fear. You you don't look as bad as you think you do. Number one, number two, no one's looking at you anyway. They're worried about what other people are thinking about them. And number three, and most of all, it's all kind of irrelevant. If your horse is really feeling back to you and is enjoying the ride and is letting you know that your horse feels good about things, they're learning with you, they're trying new things, they want to they want to go out with you when you go to catch them in the pen every morning. These are the things that are super, super important and they're the only things that matter and they're the things that are the most fun. And if that isn't quite enough for you, just keep me in mind, especially the next time someone is you think is judging you for not having expensive enough gear or a perfectly fancy horse, you, you just think of me sitting here at home with my microphone judging them for you and hopefully making you laugh as you ride. Helping people learn about horsemanship and overcome their fears is one of my favorite things to do at HorseWise. If you'd like more information about my coaching services, please visit my website at horsewisecoach.com. As always, thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.